Hey lady, I am so freaking jazzed that you're here. My name is Emily and I am a clinical social worker deeply passionate about what's going on in between our ears. I am here to help build up your toolbox against self-doubt, social comparison, and nasty self-talk to help keep you kind to your mind. You know, we all have something going on in that noggin of ours that isn't always kind. So let's put in the legwork and flex those mindset muscles so that we can move the mountains we were meant to freaking move. Let's go. What is up, honeyhead? All right, here's the situation. Okay, if you have been finding yourself in a headspace that sounds something like, I am always going to think this way. I, this is just the way that my brain is wired. I'm going to be stuck thinking like crap for the rest of my days. I'm ready to debunk that with you today because I want you to learn about a little something something called neuroplasticity. Okay, when I learned about this back in the day, it changed the game for me. So anytime I'm finding myself in a headspace that sounds something like I'm always going to be this way, I have science to back that shit up. Okay, so I'm going to get a little sciencey on you today, but know that the intention is that I'm calling you out on your bullshit. I'm calling you out on your bullshit with something that you can't refuse. So what the heck am I talking about? Neuroplasticity. The brain's ability to reorganize itself. It shuffles that shit around by creating and pruning our neural pathways. Our neural pathways, our neural connections and responses to changes in behavior are the environment. All of that to say, your brain has the scientific ability to change. So when you try and tell me that you're always going to think this way, that things are never going to get better, when you try and tell me that this is just how you're wired, I'm going to come back to you and say bullshit. Because neuroplasticity tells me otherwise. It tells me that your brain has the physical ability to change. And therefore, so do you. Let me shoot you some realness really quick, okay? You, every single day, without knowing it, you have at least 70,000 thoughts a day. Your conscious mind... The, the shit that you're always aware of, your conscious mind, controls your brain only 5% of the day. What does that mean? Well, your subconscious mind is over there in the driver's seat for 95% of your day. Every day, you repeat the same thought. Every time you have the same thought and it's on repeat, you increase the chances of having that thought again. So what does this tell us? If we're thinking negative thoughts 70,000 times a day, 95% of which is subconscious, we have some serious work to do. So every time we repeat that same negative thought spiral, the more likely we are to have it again. 
right? But choosing the positive thoughts can create new pathways. We are scientifically capable of physically rewiring our brain. You have the physical capacity to change the way that you think. And just like exercise and just like eating healthier, it takes patience and it takes daily commitment. But it's possible. Before we get in too deep, I want to kind of paint a picture for you of how this works, right? How the hell do we rewire what's already going on up there? How the hell do we change the way that our brain is physically? I want you to imagine a field out in the middle of nowhere. There is not a a Starbucks in sight, okay? I mean, out in the middle of nowhere, overgrown grass, weeds, wildflowers everywhere, right? And I want you to imagine trying to walk through that field. What would that be like? I imagine that that would be pretty freaking difficult. No one's been out to this field in in God knows how long. There's no clear path to walk on, so you're just stepping on weeds. You're stepping on tall grass and hoping it doesn't cut up your jeans, right? But instead, I want you to imagine a path on a popular nature walk, right? Or some park that you have close to where you live. I'd imagine that there are already some worn down paths, right? Because they've been walked on frequently. I imagine you walk on those paths with ease, right? It's not difficult. You're not trudging through. You're walking on a clear path. It's been worn down by feet before you, right? So I paint this picture for you because that's exactly how neuroplasticity works. The ways that you're wired currently are those worn down paths. You know, they say that our brain is actually a very bumpy thing and the size of our brain doesn't matter, but the ridges, the paths in our brain really make the difference, right? And we can have a few paths that are worn down nice and good and we know them well, but really what matters is that we're creating new pathways. The reason why I paint that image for you is that creating new pathways is going to feel like walking through the jungle for a little while. It's going to feel like we are cutting down the overgrown weeds and, and we're trudging through to create a path for someone else someday, but... The more that we walk on that path, the more that we wear it down, the more easy, the more natural it gets to choose that path later. So the more that we wear down a path, the more that we make a neural connection, the easier it is to tread on, right? And the big distinction that I want to make here, I, I think is important to tell you, is that those seminar-style trainings and listening to podcasts and reading the books, it's not enough. It's not enough. Learning needs ongoing reinforcement. That's how your brain changes. 
you can listen to 5 million podcast episodes a day, but to get your brain to change, you need to do the work. You need to do the actual practice. And in real time, I want you to kind of see what an example of that might be. When your brain encounters a trigger of some kind, let's say an emotional trigger of some kind, that tends to lead to wanting some kind of a dopamine release, that happiness chemical, right? We want some kind of a dopamine release to compensate for that emotional trigger. And after we get that dopamine release, wherever we get it from, we have a sense of dopamine tolerance that develops, okay? Meaning that we are going to need more of that thing to be able to compensate for the trigger. And then we're going to teach our brain that we get less reward from that dopamine release itself. So let's let's do an example here. Okay? Let's say that some kind of emotional trigger occurs and it leads to wanting a dopamine release and in this particular situation that's wanting to escape. Wanting to escape the emotional trigger maybe through drug use, maybe through avoidance altogether, maybe through risky behavior or impulsive relationships, whatever it is, we want to escape from that emotional trigger. So then your limbic system is flooded with dopamine and your dopamine tolerance develops, right? The more that you wear down this path, the more you need a higher level of dopamine to release to be able to compensate for that emotional trigger. So you get less reward each time and therefore less pleasure and less certainty from the situation itself. So it's pretty obvious that we can see that this creates a pattern. This creates a pathway that we're not looking for, right? And yes, this is an extreme example, but for the sake of explaining how your brain can be dope as hell and change, I want to be able to give it in an extreme example so that we can apply it to the everyday examples. So what do we do instead of this? This is the pathway that we do not want to create, right? So instead, in order to be able to create a new pathway, we need to set some goals. We need to set some goals and we need to recognize what that trigger is. Then in the face of that trigger, we need to make conscious decisions. Think of those conscious decisions as walking up to a jungle instead of a worn down path right? We are going to be faced with a lot of different temptations, a lot of different obstacles, and we need to make a conscious decision. And then seek pleasure and reward from healthy places, therefore creating this new pathway, right? And therefore, a new healthy habit moving forward. The more I choose that alternative, the easier it is to walk on. All of that to say, once we create those new pathways, we need to use them or we start to lose them, right? If you walk on a path once, we're going to start to see some overgrowth after that. Things are going to start to grow again. That jungle of interference is going to come back. So we got to use it or we're going to lose it. 
okay? The, the skills that we do not practice, the thought patterns that we do not practice are going to get weaker. So we have to use them and improve upon them, right? We also need to get as specific as possible. We must skillfully practice the exact tasks and thought patterns that we want to improve. Repetition matters. The more repetition in, in shorter time spans, aka the more diligent we are, the stronger those pathways become. We give it less time for the jungle to regrow, right? And our brain to forget the pathway we've created. But we tread on that path frequently. It's also important to mention that intensity matters. So compensation may make it harder to learn the proper way. The intensity of which we work matters. This is not just a, oh, well, I'll work on it when I work on it. No, if there's a thought pattern you want to change, the intensity of which you work on it matters. Well, what else matters? Time matters. Neuroplasticity is a process rather than a single event, okay? If you take nothing else from this entire podcast episode, I want you to remember that. This is a process rather than a single event. With this, windows of opportunity opening for different skills at different times, right? So we have these windows of opportunity and pathways that as we work, new opportunities for change are going to come up. So in order for any of this to be motivating enough to change the brain, the skill we're practicing has to have some sort of meaning or relevance or importance to us. Otherwise, we're not going to want to work this hard to see a change happen, right? If we know that this is going to take patience and this is going to take diligence, then it sure as hell better matter. But let me tell you why meditation changes the game when it comes to neuroplasticity, your brain's ability to change. Why does meditation change the game? It's actually proven to shrink the amygdala, okay? This part of your brain, it it shrinks it, allowing you to stay calmer when you experience those stress triggers that we talked about before. That piece that wants to react so negatively and in a really unhelpful way, it shrinks, Practicing this regularly forces you to start forging those new connections in a very conscious way. We just decided that 95% of the thoughts that we have are subconscious. So we only have that 5% to work with. We sure as hell better be diligent about it. So practicing this regularly really forces you to start forging those new pathways and to do them frequently. The capacity for change exists. It exists. For thoughts related to fear and anger and doubt, our ability to change the, the way that we react to those things is possible. The way that we respond to them is possible. Is that to say that those emotions are never going to come up? No. It's a part of life. We're going to experience them frequently, right? But the capacity for change exists when it comes to how we respond to them. If meditation is something that you've never tried before, I strongly, strongly encourage that you give it a go. 
But why does it work? Why does it work? If you have done meditation before, you know that so much of it is based on repetition. Repetition of a new thought coming in and accepting it as our own, right? Especially when it comes to guided meditation. If that's something that you've never done before, we have an episode of the Kind Mind Project dedicated to that to give a try. But we know that every time we repeat the same thought, every time we walk down the same path, we increase the chances of having that thought again. So if 95% of the time we are having those negative bullshit thoughts that make us feel terrible, if we can spend the 5% repeating the same positive thought diligently, the same positive thought, then we're going to increase those chances of having those thoughts more naturally. Think about that. Really think about the effect that that would have on the way that you speak to yourself. The effect that that would have on the way that you interact with the world. Right? Slowly, truly rewiring your brain. The fact that you have the capacity to do that is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Just the way that you have the capacity to change your body through healthy workouts and healthy lifestyle, right? You have the capacity to change your brain. So every time you try and tell yourself, oh, I'm always going to think this way. This is just how I'm built. I want you in those moments to call your own bluff and be like, no, bullshit. That girl Emily said, my brain has neuroplasticity. My brain is malleable and has the capacity for change. I may be standing in front of a jungle right now, a pathway that I haven't built yet. But I've got this machete right here and the ability to cut down those vines that are standing in my way and create a new pathway and to keep walking on that path, that healthy path. Home friend, my hope for you is that today you wire a new connection. Today you decide to break up with the old habits of avoiding that emotional trigger and running away from the problem or jumping into a a method of coping that isn't helpful for you and instead you face the jungle and instead you wire a new connection. You spend your 5% that you have control over when it comes to that brain of yours and your consciousness and you make the active choice to wire a new connection. I want to see you go wear down that new path, okay? I love you, honeyhead. I will talk to you very, very soon. Dude, thank you so much for including the kind mind and this freaking weirdo in your growth journey. If you connected with today's episode, I would love to hear about it. So slide on over into my Instagram DMs at Emily and the kind mind and let a girl know. Okay, but until then, I will talk to you very soon. I love you so much and you stay kind to that freaking mind.